Are you living the crazy life of a sports parent? This is Sports Parenthood, the podcast packed with cool conversations with sports people, coaches and professionals for rookie sports parents just like you. You'll hear nuggets of gold in every episode with your hosts, fellow sports parents, John and Tiffany Bonacera. Hi, John. This uh, weather has uh, taken a bit of a dip in temperature over this last little bit. Well, Tiff, I was speaking to our brother-in-law who <laughs> is Irish, I might add, and he described it as Baltic. What? And I would have to agree. What? I, I know, obviously, we are or did spend uh, seven years in Canberra. Eight, actually. And, well, and, it was, and it was straight out bloody freezing and... We probably haven't felt like we've experienced a winter here yet in Sydney, mm-hmm. but we are without doubt experiencing one now. And it was none worse than sitting on the sideline last Saturday night at the at the Brookvale Oval or Four Pines Park, and it was freezing. I know. I saw you had a we, – we were actually watching – the game on television and Miller couldn't actually spot you. She couldn't spot your shiny bald head there sitting on the sidelines. Oh, I kept it covered <laughs> with a little tea cosy tip. It did work out that you were wearing a beanie in the end. That I must did. have been bloody cold. Yeah, it, was, it really was. And uh, I wasn't the only person on the sideline experiencing it, I can tell you. But one thing that has happened as a result of the cold weather is a little bit less rain mm-hmm. and therefore a little bit more continuity on the sporting field for our kids. Yeah, no, hasn't it been great? Um, I know that your kids are probably similar to ours in that they've um, so gratefully and thankfully been competing in some really great inter-school competitions over the last few weeks. So we've just had a netball gala day and uh, a soccer gala day last week. I've got an elder child or our eldest child can barely walk. And, <laughs> yeah, it has. It's been it has been crazy. Uh, in, and, a, in a good way. In yeah, a good yeah, way. absolutely. But the volume of sport is coming back thick and fast and the regularity of training as yes. opposed to have been cancelled and cancelled and cancelled. True. Which is lovely for everyone. Feels and um, closed. Feels yeah. Closed. And hopefully everybody is enjoying that. Um, yeah, let, let's call it a return to uh, our previous normality or what we, what we thought of as normal prior to COVID. And it's been... Look, for us as parents, it's been really exciting to be able to get out and watch the girls consistently and, and not, not so much worry about, oh, will it be on tonight? Will it be on tomorrow? And checking the apps and checking the messaging. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, been, uh, it's been really cool. Sometimes it doesn't register with the kids, though. Uh, just a, a little bit of a sneak peek into our lives. We are recording this episode from the car while one of our children is training for soccer and she started running across to training without her jacket and the wind comes across these fields and it is it, the temperature can drop quite low. And uh, just before we hit record, what did you do, John? I ran across with my, <laughs> uh, with my jacket in tow and gave it to her. Yes. Uh, yes, look, last time we came to watch her train in this particular venue, the weather was very similar. And she literally had it on for the whole session. Mm, I don't so know what she was thinking. I think the kids have actually gone Sydney soft. One of our we're all definitely we are Sydney soft. Has, it's true. Uh, referred to the kids as such, um, yep. saying that they have acclimatised to Sydney winters and they are not wearing the resilience of enduring eight years of. Canberra. Yeah, where they used to walk to school in parkers every day and with your face and hands freezing Mm -hmm. whilst the rest of your body is. Yeah, across the ovals. Yeah, across, that's right. The whiteness of the ovals in the morning and before the 
before the frost lifts. Mm-hmm. But a shout out to our wonderful Canberra friends who live in a wonderful Hello place. All. In the world. Yeah, no, and we watch the footy on Sunday <laughs> afternoon at four thirty, watching people sit on the sideline there. And they were rugged up like it was minus. So even the stoic Canberrans couldn't cope with that. I would weather. imagine it was extremely cold. But again, the cold means less rain, and certainly for us, that's a positive. More sport. We probably should head towards what we're going to talk about this week, mm. and that is, what's, what's a sports parent to do, do when your child stops playing? And that could reference. Uh, even mucking around with friends or an organized sport or competitive sport. And we've been asking ourselves this question this week in particular. And so we thought we'd have a chat to you about it. Yeah. So how are we supposed to feel about it as sports parents and what role should we play? And as John just said, these are some of the questions we've been asking ourselves in the last little bit uh, since one of our kids made the really hard decision to stop competitive swimming. While it's, it's probably not for us to go into the details of her decision, which she made with careful consideration and lots of maturity, to be fair to her, Definitely. We're, we're going to reflect on how it impacted on us and how we've processed the situation or maybe not just yet. Mm. Uh, and it's been a huge part of our lives as well. Interestingly, we are processing it differently. And this is something we'd like to share with you in this episode. So I'm going to kick off because I have more or less ridden a bit of an emotional roller coaster. And I know if you're a regular listener, that's not going to be of any surprise to you. <laughs> uh, um, but, you know, to be perfectly honest, I've been feeling intensely sad about it and I'm not actually sure why. Um, I've been crying quite a lot, obviously not showing our daughter these tears, of course. Um, but as I said, feeling particularly emotional about the situation definitely do not miss the early starts or the rush to get ready for school um, or 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 buying those bloody expensive race suits that she seemed to have a bit of a um, track record of ripping within the first few swims of wearing a new one. Which was torture. It was absolutely torture for both our mental and state and our bank balance. <laughs> <laughs> but I do miss the connections through her swim club, um, watching her compete um, and seeing her progress. It's kind of like I'm mourning. Um, and I thought I was a bit strange for feeling this way. Um, and, you know, I know that John has been processing it a bit differently. But interestingly, we um, bumped into a fellow sports parent just up the street the other day who was going through a similar scenario with um, her child um, transitioning out of a sport that she's been involved with for a long time. And she openly kind of divulged to us that she'd been crying and feeling emotional about it too. So getting to the point where she said, I just couldn't understand it. You know, I've been at the gym running or walking on the treadmill and I just end up in a flood of tears. And she... She couldn't understand why. Um, and it was actually really lovely, well, in a relatable way, um, to feel like you're not alone in going through these emotions when your child does transition for something that's been really important to them, but also um, has been really important to us as well. Look, I think as well, we, we probably do agree uh, to allow Tiff to gather herself that at the moment our daughter has made the right decision. Yes, and, and that is for now. Yep. And, and I know that we could certainly see her workload at school becoming more time-consuming. And to be fair to her again, 
she really is an interested student. She wants to learn and she takes on that learning quite seriously. And they're, to be frank, there just aren't enough hours in the day. Yeah, she was just finding she couldn't get the work done in, in the afternoons or evenings in, in the time frame that would allow her to get enough sleep to get up at 4.20 in the morning. And we ended up in, or she ended up in a bit of a vicious cycle of fatigue. So we knew something had to give in the end, but it's still um, kind of a, a sad situation. Well, as Tiff alluded to at the start, I've probably felt a little bit differently. I am a reasonably pragmatic person and I, whether that's a positive or not, I, I don't know. But it's your background, really. I, it, you, it probably you're is. Probably coming from being a police officer and having that background, I think you yeah, have and, a bit and, of a pragmatic approach. And being to able things. to being able to compartmentalise a few things. But to on the flip side, I've absolutely loved seeing our daughter's mm-hmm. zest for life return. Yeah. And it's in the little things. There's nothing major. But it's just in the way she gets in the car. It's the way she uh, not so much wakes up in the morning yet. But it is definitely visible. It is highly noticeable. And her conversation and her willingness to engage and even her physical approach to me as her dad, you know, craving more emotion or being able to give me or, or volunteering a kiss on the cheek or a cuddle which for a while there went pretty cold. She was definitely drowning in fatigue. And I just want to make the point that she did transition from sport at a time where she was still loving the sport. She loved the environment that she was training. And the people. And the people that she was training in. It was a very personal decision based on really a collision of time-consuming activities that kind of came and, to, yeah. to effect at the one time. And her willingness to prioritise yeah. those things. So I just wanted to make it clear that of, she still yeah, loves her sport and she, she does. hasn't left with, you know, let, let's say a bad taste in her mouth. Not at all. Having a particular incident that happened that sort of triggered it was nothing like that. It was a very thought out scenario that, you know, how this all came about. And over the past month, we've still been actively trying to engage the families that we are close to through swimming. And in fact, we had dinner with the family yeah. on, on Sunday night and, and people that we love and care about a lot. But I guess in a nutshell, straight out, she's happier and it's noticeable. Yes. Now, for the short term, we understand that could also be short term. Mm, we definitely When you get back into the rhythm of what then becomes your new normal mm. and, uh, and perhaps there'll be things that come to fruition in the near future, which will, uh, new interests that will help shape her or and one of those has already come up in in that she's taken up competitive soccer again and is playing with a, a really nice group of girls that welcomed her with open arms mid-season and we are very appreciative and thankful for that as is she and so that's been a positive start and she's working her way towards being a land animal away from being a pool or water beast, which she was for so long. Mm, So, you know, you may have experienced something similar to this and, you know, we'd love to uh, hear how you're processing processing that situation. I think it's probably important that we look at some research and we have a look at the bigger picture here. And that, and this is fact, one in every two Australian girls are quitting sport by the age of 15, which incidentally is our daughter's age, or moving away from their favourite sporting activities Compared to 30% of boys who were surveyed according to Suncorp's 2019 Australian Youth Confidence Report. A study by the Australian Sports Commission released in November 2017 
found that while girls in their late teens may be stripping off their team colours, they are still keeping busy with other forms of activity, such as training at the gym, fitness programs, or simply walking, which our daughter is doing as we speak. <laughs> so what are we supposed to do in this transition? As sports parents. Yeah, I think firstly, allow yourself to grieve. Uh, you know, obviously, as we spoke about in Tiff's case and maybe yours and, and perhaps mine in time to come, maybe we will shed some tears in a quiet space when you're alone. But whatever you do, don't deny the sadness. The longer you've been a sports parent, the harder it will definitely be. And being a sports parent is consuming. We all understand that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's tough to give that up. And as we know, we establish relationships and friendships and rapport with people, the coaching staff other athletes in yeah, the program and definitely. their families and all of a sudden it just stops. It, it does. It stops and that's why we have made that valid effort to keep in contact with the people that we were close to and uh we but but it's that it's, and we will but it's it's that little bit harder isn't it because it's not incidental anymore. You're not walking across them every afternoon or every morning. You're doing it in a planned process. So I guess the next point that we wanted to make is that it's really up to them to figure it out. As parents, it's okay if our kids aren't going along with the crowd. We need to give them the time and space to figure out their passions on their own, which, you know, we have given, I guess, our daughter the space to do that. And weirdly, she's jumped in every single direction to to pick up different sports. She always used to call herself a... um, Individual sport person. Like a water animal. She doesn't do land. She used to be quite... Adamant about that. And well, her body is reminding her. <laughs> well, that was what I was You're now on land, darling. You're now on land. <laughs> and she is hurting. And it's quite funny. But we've uh, we've had to back her off and say, listen, just t- take it easy. You don't have to do 100 things at once. One or two will be fine. And um, she seems to be taking that advice on board today, which, again, is also not something that we're used to. Mm. I guess the third... And probably final thing in relation to what we should do or what yeah. we believe is just love them. Some kids will try out different sports now. Our daughter, as we said, has taken up club soccer again and has signed herself to play out for her school as well and participated in a netball gala day the other day. But one of the other things that came to fruition for us, which was really lovely as parents and may never happen again, is that both our girls had the opportunity, uh, three years apart in age, to play in the same so- school soccer team at a gala day last Friday and Tiff got to be here for the day. I got to be here for the final, which, which they made cracker. and it was a cracker. Nil all draw at full time, nil all draw an extra time and unfortunately went down in a penalty shootout. But a lovely opportunity for us to it's- see them both and see them in school colours and have some some of those memories and hopefully they have the same. Do you know, it was really interesting because when I arrived, a group of our eldest daughter's friends were watching the game. They were actually in a different team and they made the comment how lovely it was to watch the girls and sisters play together. They did make mention that there was a little bit of sledging going on between them on the field <laughs> and that I should keep an eye out for that. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, there were a few high fives and, and so forth yeah, and we amongst did, all of that. We out of the end, we we did get some lovely photos as well, just to, just as a keepsake, which mm-hmm. has been very few and far between because they've just been in different places. It's yeah, at the same time for so many years in a row. Yeah, that was definitely a special time. So I guess in wrapping up, you know how we're feeling. Sort of, I mentioned that I'm going through a little bit of a mourning phase. 
John's probably a little bit more pragmatic in his approach as Andy has transitioned out of that and we get used to life, I guess, away from the pool for now. You know, thinking It's probably like what Nicola Carey said, yes. don't you think? Yeah, in our last episode or yeah. our previous episode. It's just up to us as parents to give them the freedom to choose their own adventure. So at the moment we're pretty hands off. We're just, you know, signing up the paperwork and paying the regos and picking up uniforms for anything extra that she needs to do, but letting her choose her own adventure. So, two things before we go this week in a pretty snappy episode. Firstly, a podcast recommendation. And just go to your favourite podcast app and look up Nike Trained. The episode is called Amanda Beard, Coming of Age in Competitive Sports. Now, this is a must-listen. It's sensational. I don't normally kind of call John and say, you have to listen to this podcast, but I did ring him and I said, John, you have to listen to this podcast. And I did, and she was right. (laughs) It's outstanding, and it it certainly made me want to buy her book too, which I haven't got around to. But I guess for me, Amanda Speaks – really openly and vulnerably about being on the Olympic podium at 14 and and what happened next. And It was quite an incredible story. It is. Um, and, you know, it, it had me from the beginning to the end. And I think, as I said, or you said, John, the vulnerability factor was really important. She, she spoke, um, you know, you really got some great insight into what she was thinking, what she was feeling. You know, all the things. And how she navigated that, yeah, who she spoke she to, so who she it, didn't speak to. I do think it would be interesting for, for parents of girl or female athletes, um, adolescent athletes, as well as male athletes. Yeah. Because she did reference that, you know, perhaps males don't necessarily speak up as much about these things, but they're perhaps experiencing, experiencing them, them nonetheless. to some degree as well. So I do think it would be an interesting listen for parents, sports parents in general. Yeah, and obviously she has wonderful perspective given she's a multiple Olympian, multiple gold medalist, mm-hmm. but that's not what it's about. It's no. not It's not the reference to her achievements. In fact, there's very little reference yeah, to that. No. Yeah. Really what it was about is about how she felt throughout this period of time and the, the challenges that she faced and what she did or what she now recognises as what she could have done then and didn't. And she did actually quite speak quite a bit about uh, her own parents and their involvement yes. as well. Look, finally, in really simple terms, we would love to continue to grow our audience. As you know, Sports Parenthood is an independent podcast, which basically means we invest in it personally to bring you new content each week. So we'd love you to tell your friends, your sports clubs, and even your kids' school and help spread the word about the show. Thank you so much for listening. As Tiff alluded to early in the episode, Please write in, please comment, please contact us if you have anything similar Topic ideas, or other topics that you would like to you hear. You want to throw your hat in the ring to be a guest on the show, just reach out um, in any way you would like to. We're on socials, Tiffany at sportsparenthood.com.au. We'd love to hear from you. Okay. We'll hear, see you next week. That's gold. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sports Parenthood. Please leave a review, share with your friends, or visit our website, sportsparenthood.com.au, to connect. Catch you next week.